0: Walking to the hippiest place in town Drawing a deep breath and look around At all the pretty people who are sitting at the bar seem to know how fucking hip they are, and I begin to judge them, cause I think they're judging me, both dismiss each other, oh so easily, everyone's impeccable dress. Fancy western shirts and denim vests. Feels like I came unprepared to some kind of social tech. Maybe I trust to said it my way. And I began to judge you, cause I think you're judging me.
1: Okay, that is Handsome in the Humbles, my buddy Josh Smith from Mountain Clinton. Uh, Handsome in the Humbles, and that is We're All the Same. Uh, And yes, those of you that are listening to the Brian Hornback Experience, this is episode 62. Uh, Those of you that uh, don't like my use of... uh, of colorful language. Yes. Uh, I can, uh, I don't use it on the Brian Hornback podcast. Those of you that know me personally know that I do uh, have colorful language in my real life, but I don't use it here, but I can let Josh use it. But yes, the the story of that, I've used that song before and I think it's probably good to use it for this podcast because again, we're getting into the candidates. We're getting into the, into the election season and, this one uh is uh, we've got dominic oakley she is an independent candidate for school board out in the seventh district which is um powell halls that that area the area that patty bounce has served for the last eight years dominic how are you this morning i am wonderful this morning brian how are you i'm doing great i'm doing great so uh appreciate you being on um and you know i just the funny thing about it is, I think that that song by Handsome and the Humbles were all the same. You know, it seems like for school board, uh, for the last year or so, it's just, it's just been a constant argument with everybody. And so, hopefully, after after this election season, after uh, candidates can uh, compare and contrast one another, and and the voters vote and then uh at some point hopefully we can move on be- beyond all the controversy but let's talk about you first of yes, all totally. you're an experienced educator and a mother of special needs children uh w- according to your facebook uh page it says that you'll bring integrity experience compassion common sense in oscain school board district seven uh but let's talk about first you're a you're you're a, if i if i'm as i'm stumbling over my words here you are a native Knoxvillean. yes sir i
0: am born at ut hospital right
1: all right and then uh you're a you're a mother and and a wife uh you've been a teacher and a small business owner um and uh so you uh uh you began teaching in the atlanta area Uh, i
0: did i started teaching in atlanta back you know so, I'm a fourth generation Knoxville educator right and when I graduated out of Maryville College um, my my family said to me look you know this was you know this was this was 20 years ago first of all right so about 20 years ago you know my parents and my grandparents said look you know education yes is, is and I, I firmly believe this is one of the highest callings you can have however right now education in Knox County is not where it needs to be go start someplace else hmm our pay was not where it needed to be for teachers. It's still in that Oh, it's, it's Our awful. respect for teachers was was starting to already wane because of what we were going through as a district. You yeah, know, This was not too long after consolidation, so things were still very dicey. There was still this, you know, his mind and yours kind of fight within the, the, the county and the city as far as the schools were concerned. And at the time, most of the positions that were open in Knox County were not highly desirable ones. Um, so I went and I start, I, you know, I put out applications and I ended up getting picked up in, in the Atlanta area, uh, and working in a district down there, um, which gave me a lot of opportunity to be in a, a district that was growing very quickly. Uh, it was a bedroom community for Atlanta and it was exploding and it was, a it had been a rural community, um you know, similar to Knoxville in the fact that it had been around for forever. It had been a predominantly white community, very small, and it was exploding and having a lot of minority growth and a lot of urban growth. Um, so I got to come up through a system that was going through similar to what Knox County is going through. And, you know, it was very educational for me as a teacher as well as, you know, for a human. You know, it's, it's a totally different experience than I would have had if I'd started teaching here.
1: So you um, so you were an English and social studies uh, teacher, and then you also became a special needs middle school teacher, right?
0: Yes, yeah. I started off teaching. I taught Title One reading and math mm. at the elementary level. So I was pushing into a very very low economic school that was a Title One school, and pushing into all classroom ages between kindergarten and fifth grade, uh, which was what Title One does, you know. When right. You, you work with whoever needs you. So I was bouncing from classroom to classroom when I first started. And then I got to the middle of the year, out of the blue, you know, we had a teacher that, that didn't make it through the year. And so I ended up with a fifth grade class. Boom, here you go. I have some kids. Wow. Uh, I literally left on Friday afternoon We say, hey, you're going to have a class on Monday morning. And came back Monday morning to, you know, as a classroom teacher. And was like, oh, well, this is how this is done. And then at the end of that, the close of that school year, my principal was so impressed that she took me with her to go open a new school, um, open a new middle school. And I ended up opening a a brand spanking new seventh grade classroom that was on a a short band team, which means there was only three of us, um, to teach all four of the major academic subjects. And so we all taught social studies and I also taught language arts. And then after that year, I loved it so much that I stayed, and uh, she, she loved me so much that she talked me into having some, some, uh, some special needs and gifted children, and I loved them so much that I continued with that. And uh, over the years, I've gotten more and more involved in special ed because the reality is, is the more we can do for the, for the most difficult situations, the more we can do for every student. Right. Um, We learn so much more from those kids about how learning works and and alternative options that then I can bring back to my classroom and work with all of my students with. And so I've always just found that the the special ed curriculum and the special ed uh, intervention development, the things that we do to help those students really make me a more empowered educator and a more creative educator. And so I really, really love that. And so that's what I've been doing. On and off since then. I've tried to step away. You know, I had children in in the Atlanta area um, and realized I needed to bring them back home. That, you know, I wanted them to to grow up where I grew up. I wanted them to have the experience I had. So I brought them home and uh, it's been great to have them around family. And now they're, you know, they're in the middle school and don't need me nearly so Hmm. much. So, um, but yeah, it's been a, it's, it's been a wild ride in, in education. And now i found myself being called back, you know, to, to run for school board.
1: That's great. So, you know, it's, it's, um, obviously as a, you know, about the time you left, uh, after graduating from Maryville college is, is about the time that I was actually on the school board. I, I served from 2000 to 2004, uh, in the seat that Susan Horn is, is, uh, currently occupying. But, you know, um, it's funny that, that as we talk about education, you know, it seems like we're always kind of nothing really ever changes. Uh Pay in Knox County is never where it needs to be. Um, you know, we, we go through situations where uh, turnover uh, we're not able to keep the teachers we need to keep, and especially in, in, in the special needs area. I mean, you know, as we talk about uh, special education, you know, um, john mccook ran that department for years and then um and then um i'm having a brain lapse right now um but um you know and and then and and then the the person that that had it in but missy missy matt um oh crap anyway
0: i know who you're talking about yeah, i can't think yeah, of my name this anyway, morning either too you know, it's too morning any, early anyway, in the morning ab-
1: absolutely but anyway and now, I guess, and I've got not gotten to know this uh, Jason Myers yet, who, who's running uh, special ed. But you know, I, I just hear a lot. You know, I just hear a lot of frustration. I guess that special education uh, educators aren't feeling supported by by the department. And and I, you know, there's always been that because of of, of what special education um, entails for for an educator, but absolutely. Um, But, you know, I I think I think we we have to at some point, the district's got to decide we're going to make education a priority. Now, you know, again, I don't think throwing money at it is necessarily the issue, but I think there's other things that 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 the district can do. Uh, And and I think bringing on a new superintendent uh, will bring some whether it's Dr. Ryswick or as we're recording this, uh, we're on the eve of um, the school board actually casting that vote Yes, they're all
0: busy deliberating at home I'm
1: sure. I'm sure that they're, they're, they're surely not deliberating amongst one another. They're deliberating among them, themselves I hope. But anyway, at home, at home, right right yes, right. So right right, yes. right. Uh but you know, uh as, as we bring on whether it's uh, Dr. Riswick or Dr. Cash, uh you know, I think that that too is is going to be uh something and then of course we're going to have a new school board come September 1st. So, you know, just uh, what what do, what do you envision so first of all you know you're running as an independent the school board yes, sir, I am. the school board uh, the the state legislature uh decided that uh school boards back in the early 90s uh, we had partisan elections and then um, they decided that we needed to have non nonpartisan elections and so we went through that and even as a as a republican um, i was elected uh nonpartisan to the school board uh but And now the legislature's changed that. So we're going through that again this year. This is the first time uh, in the last 25 or 30 years that we'll have partisan elections. So some people are lined up Republican. There's not anybody running as a Democrat in uh, the 7th District, but you're running as an independent. So you're not actually going to be on the ballot until August.
0: I will Um, not be on the primary ballot. But, you know, I think the important thing here for me is that as an independent, the reason I'm running as an independent Um, for me, I am a teacher first and foremost, you know, like I said, fourth generation educator, it is literally an environment I have grown up in. And while I can tell you many, many things about my grandparents and my parents and my great-grandparents, I cannot tell you how they vote. Right. Because educators, as as people, we are trained, and in fact, I even had to sign a code of ethics when I started teaching, specifically social studies, that I would not bring my personal, political, religious views Mm. into the classroom that I would leave those opinions at my classroom door and provide students with a, an open, welcoming opportunity to grow their own. Right. And because I believe that so strongly, there is no place for me to work in education, even in, a, in an elected position where I would bring my own personal political views. Right. To the classroom or or even religious views to the classroom, because really a school board and you know this having been on the board, a school board member should be the apex of educator. Right, It should be, you know, just like we expect our our, our president to be the highest of of, of public service. So should our school board members be the highest of educators?
1: Well, and, and, you know, in in researching candidates, as I've always done, you know, I, I have a tendency to look at. Public documents and uh, people's voting record is a public document, and I I thought it was real interesting that when I looked at your voting record, uh, you're you're not a you're not a party when you do cast votes in the past. You have not cast a party line vote. I've heard I've heard some people say, "Well, Dominique Oakley is a she's a she's a liberal Democrat." Well, no, uh, your Knox County voting record uh, has been uh, is is you've you voted in both. Primaries when, when you voted, uh, and so uh, you know it's just I, I don't. I
0: voted how my how the issues stand. Right. I tend to not vote a party. I tend right. to totally vote an issue. Right. Um, and I'm more than uh, willing to be open and honest about that with anyone who asks. Yep. Additionally, you know, people look. You know, had somebody already kind of make a side eye at my voting record because there's, a, you know, there's ten years that are missing. What what? ten years that you are missing? Or when I lived in Georgia,
1: you weren't here, right? Exactly. Right.
0: And, you know, and Georgia does not have that same, or at least when I was living there, they did not have that same that same way of keeping record, Nor did they have you vote party. You right. actually got to vote your issues. So right. it was actually kind of shocking to me when I moved back to Knox County that I had to pick party i i had like a 20 minute conversation at the at the, the the voting box the first time in tears going but 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 i don't want to pick a party i want to be able to vote for this issue and that issue she's like but well, honey those are on separate tickets you can't right. vote vote right. those
1: things right um well okay. and, and you know and and again i, I you know when virginia bab uh virginia bab is not running again ebony satterfield is not running again patty bounds who who you're the seat you're running for, uh, you know, she served for eight years and she's not running again. Um, so we have three people out of the five that aren't running again, but you know, you know, when, uh, when I talked to Virginia Babb, uh, she said, well, you know, I was going to run as an independent. And then I decided I'm not going to run. And I said, you know, Virginia, I actually believe that her district and Ebony's district were the type of district that they, as incumbents could probably have won, uh, as an independent, uh, because, yes. because I think that their, their record, uh, would have stood the, the, I think their record would have stood for them to do that. But then again, as a blogger, as a podcaster, you know, I also refuse to tell somebody that they should or should not run. So right. I didn't offer her that, that suggestion until after she had already, uh, made the decision she wasn't going to run, um. And so I, you know, I can
0: understand why they are not running for other reasons. Right. To be honest. Well, I mean, and it, the like, reality is, Patty Bounds has put 40 years into public service. I mean, right. She came straight out of that classroom and straight into the into the school board after 30 years in a kindergarten. And of all the many things I have done, I can tell you, kindergartners are exhausting. It
1: would be. It would be like would, for no would, other reason. It would be like hurting cats for sure.
0: Right. Exactly. I and mean, then she essentially the last two years on the board has been hurting cats that are in fact you know attached to rocket packs
1: right you know i I
0: mean it's been a level of seven-dimensional chess never mind three well so it's it's, i would i feel for her and feel like she very much deserves as much of a break as she wants
1: well and and, you know she also had a uh, i guess it was last year or maybe a year and a half ago whatever she ran for the legislature and that was that 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 primary for her to run for the legislature, that that was a whole another another issue, too. But so, you know, if we can get past, let's just let's just say that come September 1st, when when you're the school board member. And and um, let's just say that the the whole everything we've talked about for the last two years, uh, three years, let's just say all that's gone. Ideally, what do you envision for the next four years? With Knox County Schools, what if you can just say this is exactly how it's going to be? Talk to us about that.
0: If I could say exactly how it's going to be, and you know, wonderful situation, it right. would be lovely if the uh, the issues from the last several years were not going to be you right know, holding over into my actual uh, you know, time in service. I, I think that's that is unfortunately a pie in the sky situation that's right. not going to happen for right. us because the, the mask mandate is going to last through twenty twenty three. Unfortunately, right. because of the way the the course so Unless we manage to make some crazy outside the the court mediation that everybody seems to think is not going to happen, um, <laughs> and that's unfortunate. Right. You know, it would be nice if we could reach some agreement. But yep. doesn't it here? That's how it's going to be. So, in a in a much more better world um, where we weren't having that fight, I would seriously be looking at teacher retention. That is right. one of our major issues here in Knox County. Is really leaning into how can we better support our educators? How can we Better streamline our processes to make it easier for teachers. Those are things that don't necessarily cost us any money. They may just cost us time and creativity. And that's something we can do. Um, You know, there are places like actual financing for the teachers where Mm. I would love to say, let's give them all a raise. But that gets complicated. That's not just something I can do as a school board member, it's something I can advocate for. Uh, but it does take the, you know, the, the the back half of that is we've got to have a superintendent who's on board with it. And we've also got to have a, you know, a county commission that's on board. Right. And that's, that's a lot of moving pieces, as we are seeing, you know, over what has been going on recently. It takes a lot to get all those bodies to agree. Right. So, and I, I think everybody agrees, in all honesty, that public education isn't well funded. I think you know even people who have opted for private school education. So that's right. part of the reason they've opted is because they agree public school is not well funded. Public teachers are not well paid. These are things we all agree on. How to get to the point where they are well funded and when they are well paid, that's a place where everybody is still you know in their own mire, and we've got to start working on that, getting everybody out of the mud and start actually you know climbing out and making things better.
1: You know, what's funny is, is back, you know, 20 plus years ago when, when I was running for the school board, you know, the issue of public private, uh, has always been in in whether we should have, you know, we, we have a legislature that, that wants to spend money. They want, they want to give people the option for charter schools. They want, they want people to be able to take their tax dollars, which I guess they think that there's a whole lot of tax dollars out there, uh, that each person pays and they want those tax dollars, you know, they want. They want you to be able to take your tax dollars to pay for your two, for your twins' education. Well, ideally, uh, we're not paying you and your household are not necessarily paying enough taxes to pay for that education, but that's a whole other issue we'll talk about on another day. But what I found interesting back even 20 plus years ago is that friends of mine who have chosen private education were outraged that, people were wanting to take public dollars and spend it toward private schools. Cause they said, look, we have the ability, we've chosen to prioritize our, our our child's education to go to private. We don't want our tax dollars going to our private school because we're making that decision on our own, you know? And so at some point, and my, my, my Republican conservative friends are going to get very irate at me at this point but public dollars should go to public schools private dollars should go to private schools now you know again it's going to be let's, let's talk about that a little bit i mean
0: in my case, I have actually taught in several of the private schools and taught private school still children here in Knox County. Oh, wow. Um, so in one of the unique things that I've gotten to do, I worked with with children who are, for whatever reason, sometimes it's uh, some type of a homebound or you know, maybe because of surgery or something like that. Or uh, maybe they have, you know, the parents have an unusual career that causes them to travel, and so they need, a, you know, some, some tutoring or some, you know, uh, unusual times to, to to be educated. Additionally, I've worked with children that are, you know, special needs that, are, that have maybe a learning difficulty, so like a, a sensory auditory processing or dyslexia, something like that. Sure. They're still great kids. You know, they're still completely and totally the kind of student that, say, a, you know, a, a private school would actually go out and want. Maybe they're an athlete, you know, that's really exceptional, that has been drafted into a program. I've worked with one of those. It ended up having an injury that was severe enough that while they were at a private school, they needed a home-based educator. Mm. So I ended up pushing in and doing being that educator because we educate students where they are. So having worked with lots of teachers at private schools and worked with several different private schools in this, in this county, I can tell you they don't want the, pri- the public money. Because the reality is that public money comes a stream.
1: Absolutely.
0: They want to do things their way. They have built a system that works for them. That works for their students. They select the students that they want to have within that system to educate their way. And that's why it works for them. If they start having public money come in and tell them what to do, then they don't have those same luxuries and they're not going to have that same product. And they're not okay with that. That's well, not what they want. And, and, they can build a system to create a specific thing. And if they start essentially, you know, we have we have built, say, let's talk about gasoline, for example. When you put in, you know, petroleum, we get out gasoline. Well, if we in this case, this would be like expecting to get out gasoline, but putting in, say, rubber bands. Right. You're not gonna get the same products. Right. Well and it, that's that's what's gonna happen with, with private education and they know that. And so it, they're not as interested in those dollars as they think as people think they are.
1: And, you know, and like, private oh,
0: schools are advocating for it. I'm like, no, the private schools are not advocating no, for
1: it. No, this. they're not. No, they're not. And a matter of fact, the private schools are so full right now, they couldn't take they couldn't take a public school kid if they wanted to right now.
0: Exactly. That is another thing in Knox County. If we start saying, I'm going to pull my child out of public school and put them someplace else, where are you going to right. put them? Because they don't exist. Right. There are not spots. Right. The waiting list at most of these private schools has been decades long is it for the ones that everybody wants to put their kids in. And for the, the new ones, they still have wait lists. Right. I mean, any parent that has tried to find any type of home care or any type of after school care or any type of child care knows how hard it is to find somebody to work with your child. Yep. Even if you have a completely normal situation, it's still hard. You've got to get on a wait list to get into the, you know, the child care that you want that's close to your house that has the things that you want. And that's what's going to happen with schools too. Do you really want to be on a wait list?
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, we're we're twenty 25 minutes in, and really this was uh, – I'm definitely going to be having you back on, obviously, as we get closer to the to the August timeline. But this was really just an opportunity for – For us to get to know who Dominique Oakley is Uh, on Facebook, it's Vote Dominique, V-O-T-E-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E. Vote Dominique uh, is where they can find out about your campaign and and when you have, uh, when and where you're going to be and all those other great things. Anything else that we need to, to let people know where they can find you other than Facebook is there? I mean, you
0: can also find me on my website. Okay. It's vote Dominique. That's once again, V O V-O-T-E-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E. T E D O M I N I Q U E. as vote Dominique.com. Right. So I'm there, and you can find a lot of my platform ideas. I've got a blog that I maintain there, too. So you're getting constant feedback. Additionally, uh, I do a lot of meetups. So you can find me at the meetups at Mahalo. I do Mahalo Coffee on Emory Road up here in the district. That's a big one that I'm doing. And then next, uh, actually, this week, excuse me, Thursday, Thursday evening you're going to be able to find me at Albright. Uh, I'm supporting the, uh, the sixth annual pint night um, to supporting arc here in Knoxville, which works with our special needs population. And by I the love way, to everybody come out, have a beer and support arc.
1: That is uh, Thursday, February 24th. Uh, it is. And uh, I do need to say that uh, when I first met Dominique for the very first time at the community meeting uh, at the, uh, the superintendent search. Uh, she told me about pretzel bites at Culver's. Pretzel
0: bites at Culver's so, okay, with so I with with things. with I, with beer Culver's.
1: cheese. With beer pretzel cheese, pretzel
0: bites at Culver's with beer cheese is amazing. And if you haven't had them, you have got to go out of your way. I have no association with Culver's other than no. having vacationed once in Wisconsin and fell I fell in love with them up there. Well, I was so excited when we got them here in Knoxville.
1: That night, that night, I went there and I got an order of pretzel bites and beer cheese at the one on uh, Kingston Pike uh, near Cedar Bluff. And then that was, let's see, today's Monday. So that was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So in the last four days, I've been to Culver's twice for pretzel yes. bites and beer cheese. So yes, you know.
0: everyone has this experience. It is just what happens. For a little while there they only had the pretzel bites seasonally. Mm. And when they, the pretzel bites went away, my dear this was during COVID. My dear sweet husband, then he and my, my at the time not quite 12-year-old son, uh, mounted a campaign to figure out how to make them. And now we can actually make pretzel bites similar. They're not quite the same, mm. but they're similar. We still haven't perfected the beer cheese. We're getting close. Our fondue is pretty good. Nice. But it's, it's not quite there. So that's something we had to do as a home thing in, during COVID because we could not go out and explore more places. But, man, we knew we needed that. So Now, in district, the other place you can find me pretty frequently, yep. I, and this will explain my Culver's addiction, I have a, I have a Brewster's problem.
1: Oh, uh. Yes, so I understand. I'm
0: one of those people you can look for at Brewster's. Um, I'm often there. If it is above, say, like 60 degrees, I'm in front of Brewster's because they, man, they they know how to, to make me happy. So
1: Brewster's is good. But, you know, I, I've been since uh, since about November, I've, I've been I've been losing some weight, but uh, I do have a I do have a new addiction, which is pretzel bites with beer cheese from Culver's. Thanks to Dominique. And so when I'm when I'm cheating on clean eats, it's because I've gone to Culver's and and gotten pretzel bites and beer cheese. So it's that's okay. We'll it's just all have to Dominic's do a, a
0: walking podcast next time. There you, go. The there you go. We'll have to walk in talk next time. Everybody'll hear us all out of breath, but that's okay. Because yeah, between my ice cream problem and your beer
1: cheese problem, we'll we'll have to there you keep go. Moving. There you go. All right, everybody go check out VoteDominique.com. Uh check out her meetups. Uh those of you in the pal Halls community, uh, you've got it, you've got a choice. Come August the fourth. Uh, and Dominique will be on your ballot. So check her out and we'll talk to you again soon, Dominique.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Brian. It's wonderful to be here today. Yep.
1: Well, that was good.